today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God has called us to live a holy life. Now, He just doesn't leave us there and say, live a holy life, be holy because I am holy. Okay? Okay. No. How do we live a holy life? Oh, He gives us that which we need He enables us, He empowers us, so that we can do that which He's called us to do. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. God doesn't ask us to live the Christian life without giving what's necessary to do this. Pastor J.D. tells us that God has given us the how of the Holy Spirit to do the what of the Holy Word. The world wants to know if Christianity is real and if it works, so we need to model it well. Let your life be a testimony of the victory you have in Christ. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today's teaching is going to be part one of a new series that I'm titling How to Overcome Carnality. I've really been looking forward to teaching this portion of Scripture for quite some time now, and this for a number of reasons not the least of which is that we have here at the end of chapter 5 that famous passage about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Another reason I'm really looking forward to this is that contains powerful and practical application as it relates to walking in victory in our Christian lives. I suppose it would be good to start with a definition of carnality, and I think the best way to do that is to see it as being synonymous with the flesh. In fact, the best illustration, and unless you have a better one, this is the one I'm going to use. But you know, every time you go to the grocery store and buy a can of chili con carne, you know what that is, right? It's chili with meat. Dare I say, it's chili with flesh? Yeah. So bon appetit. Um, In other words, (laughs) that's where we get the word carnal. It means fleshly. And so what the Apostle Paul is doing here and addressing here is the carnality that has taken up residence there in these churches in the region known at that time as Galatia, modern-day Turkey, we know it today. To be a carnal Christian is to live according to and fulfilling of the lusts of the flesh. And as we're about to see, Paul, true to form, is going to hit this problem of carnality head on. And in so doing, he's going to provide us with practical ways that we as Christians can live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. This is one of those places in God's Word, and this is another reason why I'm really looking forward to this passage. 
it's one of those places where we're not just told what we're to do, we're also given the how of the Holy Spirit in order to do it. It's been said, and I I love this, it really, I think, is apropos in terms of our text today, but God's callings are God's enablings. Let me say that again this way. God's callings are God's enablings in the sense that when God calls us to something, He also packages with it the enabling and the empowering to do it. He has to. Otherwise, he would be party to our disobedience. His callings are his enablings. In other words, God has called us to live a holy life. Now, he just doesn't leave us there and say, live a holy life. Be holy because I am holy. Okay? Okay. No. How do we live a holy life. Oh, He gives us that which we need. He enables us, He empowers us, so that we can do that which He's called us to do. And this is why I'm so very fond of the text before us today, because we have the how of the Holy Spirit to do the what of the Holy Word. Let me just say this real quickly and even parenthetically. The Christian to be pitied the most is the Christian who tries to live the Christian life in the energy of their own flesh. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. The Christian who tries in their own strength to live a holy Christian life will never succeed. Absent the power of the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit in order to live a holy life. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, can you connect those dots? Holy Spirit, holy life. It's the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit indwells us, empowers us, resides in us and comes upon us in order to be holy as he is holy, and not carnal as these Christians there in Galatia were. Well, the first how is in verses 13 through 15, and it's simply humbly serving and loving one another. What Paul is saying here is that One of the best ways to not use our freedom in Christ to indulge the flesh is to humbly serve one another in love. What is the flesh but self-serving? It's all about self. And when you get outside of yourself and serve others and love others as you already love yourself, That's the best way to walk in the Spirit so that you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Interesting, Paul goes on to explain why and even how this is. He says that the entire law is fulfilled in keeping just one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Perhaps like me, you've heard 
someone say something to this effect, you know, it's just hard to love my neighbor when I don't love myself. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) You love yourself so much. You think about yourself all the time. No, you do. First person you think of when you get up in the morning is you. When you get a picture, you take a picture, what's the, who's the first person you look for in that picture? Come on, right? Can we talk? (laughs) It's you. It's all about me and my flesh. Well, sadly, it seems that like with the church in Corinth, the churches in Galatia were riddled with carnality, especially in the way they treated one another. And it's evidenced by what Paul says next, which seems almost out of place. He says, notice in verse 15, where he warns them that if they continue to bite and devour each other, it will just be a matter of time before they are destroyed by each other. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most, if not the most, destructive dynamics within the church, this would have to be it. And this is what the enemy is all about doing. He desires to get a church into the carnality of the flesh, because if he can accomplish that, he'll get Christians to turn on each other and start backbiting and gossiping about one another. And when that happens, the devil is so delighted because basically he's got Christians doing his dirty work for him and instead of him. This is textbook, right? Divide and conquer, divide and destroy. He can't prevail from without, because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, right? So what does he do? Well, he has to come in stealth, as the Apostle Paul says, undetected, from within, very subtly and very satanically. And what's he trying to accomplish? Well, Jesus said the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he want to steal? He wants to steal our devotion to Jesus Christ. What does he want to kill? He wants to kill the love within the church of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Oh, no, no, think about it, right? What did Jesus say? It's going to be by your love, one for another, that they're going to know that you're my disciples. Well, see, Satan knows that, right? So if it's by our love, one for another, that they're going to know we're his disciples, wouldn't it stand a reason that it will be by our backbiting, one of another, devouring, gossiping, striving, one with another, that they will question whether or not we're his disciples. And how do you think that looks to an unbelieving world? They see Christians within the church doing that to one another. 
I remember, ah, this is sad, heartbreaking really, but I just remember having a conversation with a guy, not a believer. He was telling me, he said, you know, he, he was an attorney. <laughs> That's irrelevant. I, I don't know why I mentioned that. I kind of marred the whole story, but would it be any better if I told you it was a car dealer? That'd be worse, right? So anyway, so this car dealer and this attorney walk in now. He was saying, you know, I have been treated better in the corporate world than I have in the Christian world. And I, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. And he's right. He's right. This is what the unbelieving world is looking for. Remember the two things they want to know. They want to know, number one, is it real? And number two, does it work? And by the way, they want it to be real, and they want it to work because that gives them hope. If they don't see the Christian experience modeled, love one for another, the law fulfilled in loving one another as I already love myself, then why would they be interested in what we have to offer? Why would they even want to come to the church that we're inviting them to if the church that we're inviting them to in some ways is worse than the world that they're living in. I always uh, tread carefully when this happens because it's not in my notes. Too late, I already got to say it now, right? (laughs) This is why the church is feckless today. Can I say it that way? This is why the church has no impact on the world today. In fact, if anything, the world has impacted the church instead. Would you agree? Here's what's happened. The church today in America has sought to be hip like the world in order to attract the world. Well, here's the problem. So if the church becomes like the world to reach the world, then once they come to that church, what's the point? I mean, if the church resembles the world and the music on the stage is performance and entertainment, well, they can get that in Waikiki. Am I right? And if the pastor, and this is something that is foreign to you, if this is your church, the pastor is hip and cool and got the skinny jeans on, which I would not traumatize you. (laughs) Let's be honest, that ship has sailed as far as I'm concerned, but... He wants to be cool. And so (laughs) he's got to uh, keep it moving and keep it short. Maybe 20-minute 
ish message. Oh, and there might be one nebulous reference to one scripture in the Word of God, and then they go off on this whole other thing. Need we look no further as to why it is that the church is in the condition that it's in today? If you're going to try to reach the world by being like the world, the world that they're leaving, they will not leave because the world that you're offering them is exactly like the world that you're asking them to leave. When I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and first stepped foot in a church, it happened to be a Calvary Chapel, I was so blown away. I knew I was home within a few seconds. One guy, he was in the summer at the time on the mainland, had long hair and slippers and a guitar. And this dude was praising Jesus and just worshiping the Lord. No flash, no splash. And then this guy got up and he just opened up God's Word and he began to teach the Word of God. And I was ruined for him and never looked back. And that was over 35 years ago. I share that to say this. When I stepped foot in a church, I needed the church to be the church. I had already had my fill of the world and all the lusts of the flesh. I needed the church to be the church. And this church was the church. And the Lord knew it. And the Lord knew I needed it. So... Why would Paul, here's a question, and think about this. Why would Paul seemingly turn this abrupt corner talking about contrasting the flesh with the Spirit and how love, which is the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, which we're going to talk about, Lord willing, next week. Why would he just all of a sudden break into this rebuke and this warning and say to them, if you guys continue backbiting and gossiping and devouring one another, you're going to destroy each other. Why would he do that? Because that's what they were doing. Okay, why? Because that's what carnality does. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> consider what the Apostle Paul wrote by the Spirit to the carnal Corinthian Christians in his first epistle, chapter 3, verse 3. Listen, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Wow. Show me a church where there's striving, where there's divisions, where there's factions, where there's cliques where there's conflicts. And I'll show you a church filled with carnal Christians. And that is a church, my friend, that God is displeased with. That's His church. That's His church. His body. Can you imagine how that grieves the heart of God? Think of it this way, as a parent. How do you feel when your children are fighting with each other? I mean, brutally so. 
They're striving with each other. Your home, instead of having peace and calm and harmony, is riddled with conflict and striving and fighting. Doesn't that break your heart? You love your children, right? Doesn't it break your heart to see them fighting one with another? How much more the heart of God? Let me hasten to say that I am so thankful And I've shared this often, maybe not often enough, but I am so thankful in the 13 plus years since I planted this church in 2004 that we have not had a church split. God has deemed fit to protect. He's very protective of this, His church, from this dynamic And I praise God for that. However, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from that. I'm ferociously protective of this amazing church, and it is an amazing church. And I often share how the, and by the way, most pastors would not be able to share this. If I wasn't the pastor of this church, this is where I would go to church. This is a great church. This is a loving church. I'm so blessed as the pastor when I hear visitors say, man, I felt so welcomed. I felt so at home. I was loved on. There was really good food, and there is. It's Calvary Chapel, remember? (laughs) And that just blesses the heart of this pastor. Because, again, we're known by our love one for another. It should be noted that Paul will expound on this later in the chapter, but I think we do well to take just a moment and look closer at what I'll call the catastrophe that is carnality. And by that I mean the catastrophic consequences that always ensue when the carnality of envy, striving, and divisions take up residence in a church. Sadly, many a Christian and the church with them has had their lives just devastated, having been victims of this, and certainly more so for those who have been party to this. Don't you find it interesting that gossiping is included in the same list with things like murder? Think about that. That should give every single one of us pause. In other words, God takes this very seriously. You don't think God's protective of His church? Galatians contains many lessons that we can learn from even today. The Apostle Paul spent time in this letter encouraging the church to embrace the love and lifestyle of Jesus. While we need to learn and abide by the Bible's principles, we can't become like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, promoting legalism above grace. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and therefore we get to choose to follow him in the way he desires. That's all we have time for today on In Spirit and Truth. You can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll receive new messages as soon as they're available. 
Download our mobile app for Android and iPhone and always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. If you live in or will be visiting the Kaneohe area, why not come join us in person for one of our weekly services? At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we desire to share God's Word and love everywhere we go and with everyone who walks through our doors. Come by on Sunday at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. or on Thursday at 7 p.m. for a time of Bible study and worship under the leadership of Pastor J.D. Farag. We can't wait to meet you, so please introduce yourself. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com by clicking on the link to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. That's all for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There's so much more to learn from the pages of Galatians, though, so be sure to join Pastor J.D. again for another in-depth look. That's next time right here on In Spirit and Truth.